Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, what better place to be, friends, than together with God-loving patriots and Christians praying for the greatest country in the world. Welcome to Praying for America. That's what we do on this program when we look at the developments in the news from a biblical perspective. We look at them and we pray over them. That's something that's unique about this program. We don't just talk about the news. We pray over it and over the people involved in it because prayer is what brings us the perspective of God about what's happening and having the perspective of God about what's happening enables us to have the peace of mind and conviction and strength of soul to get through it and maintain our sanity. Because as I have often said, the battle today, yes, it's a battle between good and evil. It always has been. It's a battle between common sense and insanity. And this is what we are seeing unfold every day as the left tries to take the country down the road of insanity. And as we, God-loving Christian patriots, restore sanity. Why? Because we're restoring and proclaiming the word of God. And that restores everything. It restores creation itself. It restores the mind as we do what Paul says to do, to bring every thought into captivity to Christ. So let's begin with, I have a follow-up actually to last night's program. I know a lot of you liked the discussion we had last night of of, uh, the um, can there be Trump accomplishments without Donald Trump? And of course, the answer to that is no. Uh, Only Trump is Trump. Only he can do things like he has already done them. And therefore, we have to be very careful about saying, well, I, you know, I agree with his policies, but I don't like his personality, or I like his accomplishments, but I don't like his mannerisms. Hold on a second. Let's let's be careful about whether or not these things really can be separated. And we talked about that last night at some length. Tonight, I want to follow up on a couple of very good questions that were brought forth, and a little bit of follow-up about the presidential primary season, which, of course, is well underway. We've got the second Republican candidate who has declared Uh, her intentions for the presidency. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, And then if we have time, we'll get to some other questions that that you have given me uh, at different times in the past as well. So Romans 13 is where we want to uh, start our reading tonight, right from the beginning of the chapter. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to you to do good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant and agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. 
Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for those who have accepted the vocation, the calling, to govern. It is a public service, and every form of service, O Lord, is inspired by you, governed by you, subject to your law. Give the Spirit, the Spirit that you send forth from yourself and your Son, to those who seek to govern your people. May that Spirit help them understand that governance is service, that authority and power are service, that they do not have the right to lord it over us, make their greatness felt as they do among the pagans, but rather that the greatest among us is the least. The greatest among us is the one who serves the rest, following, O God, the example of your Son, who came not to be served, but to serve, indeed to give his life as a ransom for many. To give his life. May that be the spirit that inspires those who run for public office. May that be the spirit of those who are in public office. May the service of the public be the first thing on their minds, not not glory for themselves or power, ambition. Let their only ambition, Lord, be to humble themselves, to lower themselves, to give themselves in service to you and your people. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, friends, that's the, isn't that the Christian perspective on government? And you know, President Trump always, always shows and articulates this. You know, again, you think about the unprecedented. And, and if you don't think it's unprecedented, then show us the precedent. For somebody who had to endure in his campaigns and, and, and while he was president, the kind of onslaught of opposition that he did. Who else had to endure it to that extent, to that level, to that degree of the weaponization of government itself? And then, with this opposition from the left, from the Trump haters in the establishment Republican Party, from all the Democrats, from the media, and from other forces in society, having faced and endured all that, he wants to do it again. He knows that he's a lightning rod. He knows that there are forces arrayed against him that are not arrayed against others. Now, that doesn't mean that the left won't hate and attack anyone on the Republican side who gets the nomination or who ultimately wins the White House. Of course they will. But Trump derangement syndrome is very real. And we do need to develop some drugs to, uh, to counteract it because it's bad. It, 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 is, it is a disease and, and, and I'll tell you what, it's a, it's, a, it's a dangerous disease. 
for the people that it infects, and for the nation. So there is something additional here in terms of the venom of the, uh, of the attacks. And to my point is, in reference to the scriptures that we just read, and the Christian vision of what government means, self-sacrificing love is at the core of the vocation. The vocation, it, 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 because it is. It's a, a public service is a vocation. Maybe some of you out there are, I know that some of you out there are recruiting public servants. It's always, and we should have a radar going on. Who is, who is worthy? Who would be effective? as a city council member, as a, as a state legislator, as a member of Congress, as a potential future president. We always have to have our radar going to identify people like that. Because, you know, it's always been my conviction that uh, the best people to serve in our different government offices are not the ones who are the first ones to articulate that idea, but rather the ones about whom somebody else is the first to articulate that idea. Somebody else is the first to say, you would be great as a public servant because you have the spirit of service. See, that's what, that's what we need to pay more attention to the folks that other people are saying should run for office. And maybe they're not saying it themselves. If they're not saying it themselves, that's a sign, that's an indicator that they're not in this for selfish reasons. The person who wants, you know, glory and power and earthly, earthly success, uh, you know, they they may be the first ones say, "Oh, you want to run for office," and then you and the rest of the people are saying, "Why?" You don't want to set that situation up as much as you want people looking at the individual and say, "Wow, you have the qualities to run for office," and they look up and they look surprised. See, really, not. Oh, you are, you're saying you want to run for office, so convince us why. The best scenario is when the people are already convinced and they have to convince the one who, wants, who is going to run for office. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. President Trump is one who constantly says, first of all, this movement is not about him. It's about the movement. It's about making America great again. It's about America first. It's about power given to the people, not to government, not to a political party. Remember what he said at his inauguration. This is not a transfer of power simply from one party to another, but a transfer of power from Washington, D.C. back to the people. Service of the people, protection of the rights of the people, freedom for the people to be born, first of all, not to be killed in the womb by abortion, to have the freedom to worship according to the dictates of their conscience, not according to government mandates, to have the ability to succeed with small businesses not being so regulated that they go out of business because of that, but rather that they grow and flourish. 
growing and flourishing in a strong economy, growing and flourishing because the cities are safe, because law and order is respected and protected, growing and flourishing because they're in a nation that's able to care for them because it has doesn't have to care for millions of people who invaded the country because we have no border anymore. Service to the people. All right, brothers and sisters, let's get, I got some very good uh, questions coming from, from you. First of all, let's talk about we have another Republican contending now in the presidential primary, don't we? Ambassador Nikki Haley. She served in the state legislature in South Carolina. She became, for several terms, she became then governor of South Carolina in 2010. At that time, she was the youngest governor in the country, 38 years old. And then President Trump asked her seven years later to become the U.S. ambassador at the United Nations. That's an important role. And she defended our country well. She represented our country well. Took no nonsense. She's not a no-nonsense kind of person standing up to China and to you know other tyrannical uh, governments around the world that don't have the interests of the United States at heart and has took a taken a strong stand against the woke left, uh, the mob, and the radical, uh, insane left, and uh, a lot of good qualities. Um, and she has declared now for uh, the race for uh, president. She doesn't have uh, a strong showing in the base of, of, of support, of course, in the polling. Uh, there's going to be a number of uh, a number of candidates that declare themselves uh, who are not necessarily at this point in time showing strong numbers. Uh, but, you know, uh, we have a primary process for a reason. President Trump is, 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 is leading the way, continues to have the momentum and the majority support. Uh, but we have a primary process and we respect, as we've always said, uh, all those who, who um, as is our right, uh, form an opinion and uh, and choose a candidate that they want to get behind. It's good uh, to uh, listen to one another and uh, have the debates we need to have. Uh, but in regard to that, uh, I'm uh, making a strong case. Of course, I've endorsed President Trump already. I think you know that. And uh, we were making the strong case last night. I want to follow up on a couple of very good questions that have come in in regard to that. Okay. So question number one. Um, in regard to the elections of 2024, um, the questioner here said, I heard a commentator explaining that the election of 2024 is very different from the election of 2016. In 2016, there was a need for a change from a Democrat regime, and there was a need to stop Hillary Clinton, who had built up a lot of opposition across America. It seems that the mood of the country now is more about fixing things than changing things. Am I right? Well, I think this is a very good question that is instructive for all the candidates, whoever they are going to be. Of course, we have to fix things. Now, you could say, well, we need change now, too. Look, we've been through this hell with under the, the Biden administration and Democrat Congresses uh, uh, that we've had to deal with. You know, of course, change is needed. You know, elections are always about change. But uh, what's being said here, and it kind of relates to 
the second question, which we'll get to in a minute, is that there is a there is a, a, a different mood among the electorate. And any candidate, especially who, one who runs again, uh, uh, as President Trump is doing, and uh, is uh, running for the third time now for president, obviously candidates need to take account of how the electorate and the mood of the electorate and the, the uh, it changes. And I think it's definitely true to say that right now we've got a country that wants a fix that wants a, a, a fix in the best sense of the word, that we, we, we need to repair the nation. We need to fix the border. Uh, we need to fix the economy. We need to fix the, the supply chains. We need to fix uh, the, the way law enforcement is, is uh, supported in our countries. We need to fix a lot of things. We want a country that works. You remember in the midterm we were talking about... Um, would, it, would there be a red wave? And I was saying, I think what people are looking for is an American wave. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, you, you want a country that works. And if the candidate for 2024 can convince the country that he or she has a plan that will fix things and is able to carry it out, I think that's going to work in strongly in their favor. I think the person who ends up winning is the person that can convince the voters that he or she can fix things. Now, you'll notice what President Trump has been doing of late. Issuing very, very measured, specific policy statements. Here's the direction we need to go. Here's what we need to do. Here's what our policy needs to be on this issue, that issue, the other issue. Here's, furthermore, what I will do to fix these problems. I believe he is on that track. And, and, and what the questioner was, was asking about was the distinction between that and sort of a pugnacious, you know, oh, let's get, let's get rid of Hillary, you know, and, and let's get rid of, the, get rid of the, uh, this or that opponent or, you know, of the way, of course, President Trump, you know, when he goes on the attack, he knows how to go on the attack against primary opponents and, 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 and whatnot. But how much the electorate has an appetite for that versus 2016 to now, there's been some change, I think, what remains to be seen. Uh, how they respond, it remains to be seen how the candidates respond. But I do think that they're all going to understand going into this that this is a time uh, more for uh, showing the fixes that you're able to deliver um, and, 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 uh, and that that's the main question on the hearts of the voters. Now, then the question becomes what we talked about last night. Do you have the fire the decisiveness? Do you have the fight in you to do that? See, when I say that there's a fighting spirit in President Trump, that there's a uniqueness about it that I don't know if anybody else has. That doesn't just refer to the pugnacious aspect of attacking a, an opponent. That also applies just as much to the ability to fix something. Because some of the examples I used last night the problems that he did fix, taking out, let's just consider one of the examples I threw out last night, fix, uh, getting rid of the, uh, demolishing the, the ISIS caliphate. He got it done quicker 
than anyone would have gotten it done because he, and he did this on the construction sites in New York City that he was overseeing, he would go and talk to the people on the scene. So he went over there to the other side of the, the world and talked to the, to the generals, talked to the, the commanders, talked to the soldiers and said, what are you guys doing? Can you get this done faster? And these are men who follow orders. And but sir, nobody nobody asked ever asked us before what we thought about how it should be done. And he said, "Well, I'm asking you." So they told him, and he got it done quickly. You see, this is what I mean. And that's this is not just about calling people names. I'm talking about the spirit underneath that of fighting in a, such a determined way that you're willing to do things that might seem a little bit crazy, that you're willing to do things that are unconventional. The unconventional nature of what we need, the kind of leadership we need, is not just you know fighting back against an opponent in, a, in an unconventional way. You know, the voters might not be looking so much for that as, again, they're looking for, you know, hey, fix the pipes. Yeah, but he, that's exactly what he, what he, what he does. That's exactly what he has done. And I believe he has the ability to do that uh, going into this election. Now, connected with that, a second question has to do with um, are attacks on primary opponents going to be as effective now as they were back in, let's say, 2015 when he was first, uh, President Trump first, uh, candidate Trump then, first jumped into the race? I I don't know, but I think it 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 applies uh, to, to what we were just saying now. That that obviously it's in the context, I should say, of people wanting to see things get fixed. So attacks only. I don't think anybody among the candidates is going to be of the mind that attacks only are, are what's going to win. I think again, it's that fighting spirit behind uh, attacks. That says, okay, I'm going to, I have a determination here to get this done. And um, let's figure out the best way to direct that energy, that determination, that drive, that willingness to sacrifice. The willingness to risk. Not in an imprudent way, but in a courageous way. Which means you assess the situation as best you can. You get all the intelligence and information that you can. You rely on other people to give you input and advice, but then you make the decision and you do so decisively and without fear. Now, one of the things that the president had to be decisive about, and this is a third question that came in, was Operation Warp Speed. We had the pandemic, and the questioner is asking, you know, uh, President Trump rightly points to the fact that he should be given credit for Operation Warp Speed and for how it saved so many lives. But with the various health concerns that have followed in the wake of that now, should he tamper down that, um, that, that, that claim to, to, to credit? Well, it will always be to his credit that, that, that the, what was developed to handle the health concerns of the pandemic was done in record time. Because remember, it was... As, as, as some other commentators have pointed out this week, it was a matter of triage. I mean, remember how you felt in February and March of 2020. 
I mean, the world was, was, was a very unstable place. Everybody was afraid. I mean, that was a, a, a absolutely unique experience for all of us. We didn't know where it was going. We didn't know how bad it was going to get. We were told to brace ourselves. It was going to get very bad. We didn't know if we ourselves were going to be surviving the, 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 the pandemic. That was a scary time, you remember. And in that time, those who were, and, and, and President Trump was president in the midst of this, decisions had to be made, decisions had to be made quickly, action had to be taken. People who were in authority were going to be held accountable pretty immediately for the things that were, were, were unfolding. So that situation of the unknown, of fear, of pressure, of triage, where you've got to hurry up and help those that you can help the most right now, are very different now from what, what, what we're in at the moment. Things have calmed down, obviously. And now, you know, the president should always be given the credit for what he did. But now, of course, it's perfectly appropriate for him and his, and, and his team to be asking, well, have the pharmaceutical companies gone off track? Do they have to be held accountable uh, for things that, that they did subsequently and, and uh, uh, that, have, that are proving now to, 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 to bring problems? Do we need to look at this more closely? Obviously. Nobody knows the future. Nobody is perfect. Nobody's going to develop anything that's perfect. So we act the way we have to act under situations of pressure. But then when things calm down, we look at what has to be, again, going back to the theme of the first question, we look at things that have to be fixed. Take the same approach to this. It doesn't smear the, 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 the good reputation and the credit that, 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 that the president should get for what he did at the time. It takes into account that now, when in retrospect, let's look at things that have gone or may still be going wrong, and let's fix them. Now with more measure and calm and and uh, and attention. All right. So those are some of my uh, my thoughts here tonight. Let's pray over all of this, uh, friends, as we continue to move forward. Lord, we we turn to you, praying for America. We pray for President Trump, who has gotten his campaign well underway, who is putting policy messages before the American people. Lord, help your people pay attention to these policy proposals. Help your people to discuss in reasonable ways these policy proposals with their fellow citizens and not be carried away simply by emotion or I don't like this or I don't like that. Lord, help us use our, our, our minds. Help us discern the spirits. This is a matter of discernment. Give us the Holy Spirit as we look at these primaries. In, infuse the primaries, Lord. Not just with candidates, not just with debates, not just with policy proposals, not just with media hits. Infuse these primaries with your spirit. The spirit of discernment. The spirit that, 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 that cuts through rhetoric and confusion and brings us truth. Send the spirit upon this primary. Even now, it, it has begun. 
and help us understand and listen to one another and learn and analyze and reflect and remember and think ahead. Lord, we ask you to bless uh, Nikki Haley, a former UN ambassador who has now declared uh, for the uh, presidency. And we ask you to send your spirit upon uh, her and other Republicans who may be thinking about or planning for their run for the presidency. Lord, that they have much to consider. Give them wisdom. Bless their families. Bless the teams that they will assemble. And again, enable your people to debate vigorously, to listen carefully, to judge wisely. Lord, we pray uh, going forward for the uh, many, many things in our nation that need to be fixed. We, the citizens of America, we who pray for America, want an America that works. And so, again, send your spirit and enable not just these individual candidates, because nobody can do this job alone, but enable the people that they're calling together to be part of their teams their policy analysts, their experienced public servants, their experts in so many fields. Enable them, Lord, to be fixers. Enable them, Lord, to repair this country. Enable them, Lord, to make the border work, make the economy bear fruit, make our our international relations effective, make our country respected again. Lord, there's a lot to be fixed. Our education system. Lord, we want a, a, an education system that teaches our, our children reading and writing and arithmetic, not woke nonsense and transgender and racist theory and all the rest. Fix our schools. Fix our military. Fix our nation. Fix our courts. Protect our religious freedom. Protect the right to life. Protect our most vulnerable children, the unborn. And give us a vigor, Lord God, to fight for what is right. May the energy with which we fight be directed with wisdom towards the right goals, towards the right targets. May it be directed in such a way that the energy we have bears good fruit. It's not an energy to to do harm. It is an energy to lead our country to good. Yes, at times we must disrupt. Yes, at times we must attack. Yes, at times we must destroy that which deserves to be destroyed. False ideas, false theories, false plans and and initiatives of our enemies must be destroyed. Lord, give us the energy that we need. Give the candidates and their teams the energy that they need to do this vigorously, faithfully, and always wisely, and always guided by your Spirit. This is what we pray for tonight. Lord, at the same time, we pray for all the the prayer needs of our viewers, both those that they state in the comments and those that remain in their hearts. 
And we pray now, uniting all these intentions in the words Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, friends, I hope these reflections have helped you. And uh, remember, you can always uh, leave your questions and uh, we uh, look at them and bring them into uh, further uh, programming. Uh, spread the word about this program. Join us again tomorrow night. And meanwhile, follow me on social media at FR Frank Pavone is the is the address, the handle FR Frank Pavone. If you're not already connected with me, follow Right Side Broadcasting. We're happy to do this alone partnership with them, RSB Network, and of course Getter. Thank you for the broadcasting and the live broadcasting. We uh, we always value our partnership with Getter. Make sure you have your Getter account, friends, your Truth Social account. Uh, we rely on all of these tools that the Lord himself gives us. Thanks for being with me on Praying for America. We will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.